Hello, this is your host, Donna Barr, and welcome to A Bazillion Ghost Stories. Does anybody really know a bazillion ghost stories? But then again, aren't all stories set in the past ghost stories? We're still watching the Merchant Ivory films, and we just saw Maurice with Hugh Grant. And uh, again, you've got to watch the Merchant Ivory Horses. There is one scene in which um, the character Maurice is leaving a shipping area, and he is in the back of a motorized cab. But behind him, in the back, uh, you can just see it in the back window, is a horse's head. And you concentrate on that. And of course, I think this might mean that he's leaving his old life behind. He's going to go off and do what he wants to do. And the horse is just one creature among many, as he is one creature among many, and he shouldn't be persecuted for who he is. Um, There's also some other things about Maurice, and this was done on purpose. I know it was. Uh, Guys are talking about how women don't know about these things. Yes, we do. We know that guys are forever on the prod. You can't be alone with them in a train carriage. You can't let them get too close because they'll grab your ass, just like they do in the movie. Um, They grab gay guys. The men will simply grab to get what they want. Women know about this. Now, they also show the maids being, I might be disgusted, but I'm not sure. Maybe it's relief. They know that uh, Maurice will not grab them, will not persecute them, will not try to get their tongues down their throats. And you've got the whole scene on the train and you the scene with the soldier, and it's guys grabbing to get what they want and hoping that women will just put up with rape rather than trying to resist. And in too many times, women are murdered for trying to resist. Um, so I don't think that line, women don't know, is reality. I think this is how the men are fooling themselves. And uh, it's it's a wonderfully made movie and a wonderfully made book. And I haven't read any uh, Forrester. Um, I probably should. I, I have a tendency to read nonfiction. And there is also, uh, well, there's something else I want to add here, but I might just do that in another section. So you've got this whole business. This, again, it's men are afraid that they're going to get treated like they treat women. And here's this secondary note about how women get treated. I uh, heard that there was your usual pastoral type saying that legal age of marriage or wedding should be puberty. So you makes you wonder why um, there's this real push to put a lot of hormones in meat and feed the kids meat because there's nothing these guys would like more than being able to marry little girls at 10 just because they're bleeding. Here I am reviewing other podcasts again, and this kind of goes under a bazillion ghost stories because it's a horror show. Um, Look at season four of Dr. Death about a guy from Turkey who is nothing but a magician and spends decades doing fake cancer cures 
and letting people die and later on tries to push fake HIV cures. Um, the whole story, it's like QAnon saw this and just picked it. They didn't make their own shit up. They had to borrow from something a bad person had actually done. Um, and so you you get to see how somebody just scammed everybody. And I swear to God, you get people just going, oh, he's amazing. Oh, he's the most wonderful genius. You know this guy's had Hitler pheromones. You know how pheromones work. You get close to somebody and your eyeballs bug out. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's like the movie The Santa Claus where um, people get close to Santa Claus and, oh, my God, I guess Santa Claus has got pheromones like Hitler. Because you know what they both do. Uh, so anyway, if you want to see kind of the structure that I think QAnon, which, like any other fakey group, they can't do their own work. they got to get it from reality somewhere. There was a bad guy who came in and uh, got hooked up with the stock market and, and um, fake experimental drugs and all the rest of it. And you want to go see that. It's season four. It's called Bad Magic, season four, Dr. Death. And I think <laughs> I can't say that's where QAnon got their model from, but let's fake it. Those guys, or let's, uh, let's, let's face it. Those kind of guys are never original. They're always thieves. And uh, Wall Street's all mixed up in this too. So, And by the way, the research group that's put on this guy is called, I love this, Hindenburg Research. If you're a bad guy, <laughs> they're going to make you crash and burn. And uh, one of the things that uh, the fakey doctor's lawyer sends is one of those cease and desist letters that are really, really bad. And every journalist knows that if you get a gun put under your chin or you get threatened or you get a cease and desist letter, you're on to them. You really are on to them. And I got some people up here that uh, I think they're they're being bad actors again because they weren't held to account the first time they did it. So I've got that up my sleeve, and I might just be using them, using it on them. I also just recently got a call from the VA about my toxin exposure. When on the VA page, it says that nobody who went to Fort McClellan is going to be considered under the PACT Act. So I'm beginning to think maybe Alabama pork, pork producers might be in trouble. There's a reason I call this stuff pork. Anyway, go look at that, and uh, you'll be kind of amazed. You'll go, oh, yeah, it's kind of like the same kind of crap that got built. And so what happened was QAnon, I'm not saying they did, but they could have gotten the whole model about, oh, this is fake cures, oh, it's all experimental, la, 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 la. They got it from the reality of this asshole, and then they proceeded to kill Americans, which makes QAnon traitors, and they all need to be in jail. And uh, on death sentences, a lot of them, uh, because of, and I'm not saying anybody should go out and kill them. I'm just saying, you know, maybe they should move out of the states with, where there are death sentences. I'm, I'm thinking about their well-being. Have them stick around long enough so you can pump them for information. Remember, Saddam Hussein got killed off really, really, really fast. And whenever anybody does that, it's because they're guilty and they figure there's something he can tell people. He could have told us a lot of stuff and he didn't. So, um, you know, Osama bin Laden, let him kill him because, you know, I'm dying of diabetes anyway. <laughs> we'll let their empire come down. I'm going to drive him to paranoia. I can't prove any of this stuff. But, uh, yeah, go, go. Dr. Death, season four, bad magic. Yeah, you want to hear that one. Well, I've listened to the rest of the Dr. Death, and it turns out that that same company who's scammy magician is in jail now, or at least he's awaiting trial. Uh, that guy, uh, the company itself reformed itself, and um, 
it even pretended to get into COVID testing after it had been, you know, doing fake HIV and fake cancer medicines. So what QAnon was actually talking about was completely the wrong company. It wasn't uh, Moderna or Pfizer. It wasn't Dr. Fauci. Uh, at one point, in fact, Fauci took a look at the... Um, what was going on with this one company and was like, no, we don't want nothing to do with that. So QAnon, of course, gets it all inside out and backwards because it's like me listening to half a podcast, uh, goes ahead and reports it like it's the real thing. They, they just, <laughs> they get a hold of a little bit of something, they run off with it. But it turns out that the people that got us all killed, and got so many people killed, are this other group that got people um, with cancer and HIV killed because they were doing fake research and they were giving people medications that weren't medications. <laughs> and it's also involved with a lot of stock gambling and cheating on Wall Street. And then I look at the gang we got up here and they're all QAnon babblers. And uh, it makes me... And this other company is kind of like... Um, it's like, oh, we're going to use herbals. We're going to use natural immunizations. That's where that comes from. And I guess this company is still running around. Anyway, go listen to Dr. Death, uh, season four, and you'll hear about these companies. And these people need to be brought to heel. And I have no doubt at all that the people up here that, and, uh, you know, the, the Vashon Island connections and the, the the QAnon letters they send me, and no doubt at all they got their fingers in that uh, stock gamble somehow or uh, otherwise. I mean, because it's the same people who were also yelling that 5G was going to implant things in your brain. They're the same people running around that, talking about contrails, and, and a lot of them are the same ones telling you that Bigfoot is real. So uh, we got this little um, clique of people up here, and uh, it's, I wonder if it's a lot more sinister, but how could it be more sinister than li listening to QAnon and getting people killed because they're lying about the medication? And, uh, I'll tell you something, it's really disgusting after what our fire department did to make sure that as many people as possible got vaccinated. And I'm one of those people that I don't respond to the vaccine well, but... Uh, I'm just a, a minority of one, and a lot of other people were helped out because this thing was deadly. So, uh, yeah, Dr. Death, season four, definitely something that is still up-to-date and valid and dangerous. For Dan's birthday last night, uh, after having gone to a wonderful pizza shop in uh, Forks, um, Pacific Pizza, I highly recommend it. Uh, they even have vegetarian options, so any of you attempted vegans out there, you can you can have some of that. So we watched the movie The Favorite um, with Olivia Cromwell and Emma Stone and Rachel Weitz, and yes, all three of those women got Oscars, and they deservedly got Oscars. It's a beautiful movie, beautifully done, about... Um, Queen Anne and her maidservants or sidekicks, or I don't know what they call them in royalty. But there is no quote-unquote evidence that everybody was betting each other down. Uh, on the other hand, it's the beginning of the 18th century, and people were sick and tired of having Protestants at their throats, and they just wanted to kick loose a little bit. So everybody's problem every, was bedding everybody a little bit, just, just for the fun of it. Now, but if you look at it, and I'm telling you, this is going to take uh, any kind of admiration for this movie off. Uh, 
this is a bad lesbian movie. This is about how lesbians kill each other and do horrible things to each other. It's your same old bad lesbian movie. And it's like, what the holy fuck? So when you watch this movie, I'm, a, I'm sorry if I just poisoned it for you, but you're not going to be able to turn that little idea off. And uh, it, yeah, they deserve the Oscars. Everybody did, but who the fuck approved that script? Oh, and here's another thing at the end of the movie. Um, they get nearly through the whole movie. Well, yeah, they, there's animal cruelty. Let's shoot pigeons. And it looks like they're really doing it. And at the end, you've got one of these so-called lesbians crushing an at rabbit with her foot. When the fuck would any lesbian crush a rabbit with their foot? I'm sorry, people. I now realize why the crawl... The titles at the end of the movie are so illegible. The movie ends like they ran out of money or the cameraman was or whoever was editing it was suddenly on drugs. And then the crawl, you cannot read. You cannot read really where it was made. You can't really read the titles of the people, their places in the movie. You can't read their names and you're going, you know something... I think there was a lot of people when this thing finally got cut went, uh, I really don't want to be associated with that. Because uh, it is the worst crawl you will ever see in your life. And it doesn't look like it's giving credit. It looks like it's trying to deny, deny any connection with it. Um, the movie goes off a cliff. It goes off the deep end in a lot of places. Fantastic acting on the on the parts of the main actresses, but um, just another goddamn bad bad lesbian movie. And uh, yeah, crushing the rabbit. Right, right. Like any ra uh, lesbian would ever do that. And here's one last movie review. We've got Oppenheimer, we're looking at all the makings of, and I realize why Barbie may be more popular than this thing. Barbie, one of the demographics, makes life beautiful, and has a brain, and tries to make the world good, and the other demographic is a bunch of morons. Whereas in Oppenheimer, they're all morons. <laughs> it's watching idiots, and... Like I say, war is for stupid people, and it, it is the ultimate stupidity, and they think so, it's so fucking smart, and they can't do any better than this. They might as well be Ken. Okay, now we watched Oppenheimer, three hours. Dan says there's a much better movie with Alan Arkin called uh, Fat Boy and Little Man, or Little Man and Fat Boy. I don't know. It's the name, and it's the same thing, and it's really the same message, that this is a bunch of morons. And the only intelligent or good people person in here is Einstein. <laughs> the rest of them are a bunch of ego-driven dipshits, uh, including Oppenheimer. And maybe I should find that old story I once wrote about Rommel and the afterlife back when I was exceedingly interested in Rommel, when I had to do all the research. I'm kind of like faded out of that again. I've done it enough. Um, thank you very much to the guy who keeps sending me articles on Rommel, but I'm not going to put them on my timeline or read them because I'm not interested anymore. I've done it. I've been there. Okay. But uh, I did write this story about how every day in the afterlife, uh, an atomic bomb gets dropped on Oppenheimer, and he's got to put himself back together. Um, and 
everybody else is suffering for their shit too. This is kind of like hell. And uh, Rommel manages to get Oppenheimer over by Hitler's house. <laughs> so that when the bomb drops on Oppenheimer, it also drops on Hitler. And Oppenheimer's terribly happy. He he just feels like he deserves it, and he gets it. He looks up with great joy, and Hitler's going, "Oh fuck!" And Rommel's going, "Nah, nah, nah, nah." nah. And uh, I once uh, took this in for consideration to one of those, you know, have people, professional artists, read your stuff. Um, and the one guy who read it said, "I love this story." So I don't know. Maybe I'll just uh, that'd be a fun goodbye podcast. Just reading that thing out loud. Maybe I'll do that. Anyway, Oppenheimer is, um, well, as film nerds, we were much more interested in the making of and the fact that we knew all these actors. And by the way, <laughs> there is a chameleon in this movie. It's the guy playing Harry Truman, and you're sitting there going, who is that? Who is that? And you'll, it's like the Eddie Izzard moment in Valkyrie. You know, you get down to the credits, you're going, where was he? Eddie Izzard, Izzard is in Valkyrie, and he has no more disguise than a pair of glasses and his hair dyed black. That's it. And you won't recognize him. And so the same thing for the guy who plays Harry Truman. Uh, the guy who plays the head of the board that goes after Oppenheimer is the same guy who played the bad guy in the old classic Ghosts movie with uh, Patrick Swayze. So you get a lot of these people. It's, it's This is why we watch it. We're watching it for the characters. We're watching it for the absolutely amazing recreation of Los Alamos, which means the cop Cottonwoods which is kind of appropriate because cottonwoods suck up all the water. This is what these idiots do. I don't know. We, I've got this, this, I can't prove it, but there must have been back in about the 20s when these babies were born, um, there must have been sunspots or something on the north, uh, what we consider the top of the planet. There is no top of a planet, but, you know, back up where Europe and all, where all the white people were. And something went wrong with their heads because World War II, um, World War II is just stupid people doing stupid shit, and it killed a lot of bad genes, a lot of aggressive bad genes on all sides, so that more people are going, I don't need to do with this. Uh, you, they, you might not have even needed nuclear war. You have just gone, people go, I don't do this anymore. Um, you know, and, except, you know, maybe in the Balkans, where, I don't know, they have problems in there, uh, and, and uh, in the Middle East, um, where they haven't learned a goddamn thing. But, yeah, it's 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 a good movie. Uh, it flatlines a lot of the time. In other words, the tone is the same over and over and over and over and over. And they constantly run music over the top of the dialogue, which is always a sign that you don't trust your material. I don't know why they do that. It's it's like, you know, if they didn't have subtitles, you couldn't understand half what's going on. But I'm 71 years old, and I used to be a teletype operator, so maybe my ears are blown out. I don't know. Um, no, it's a beautifully made movie, but, uh, and you get to, you get to see all these egoistic little morons, um, and, uh, the guy playing Oppenheimer is amazing, he's a comic, of course, um, the guy who plays, uh, Einstein is Tom Conti, who's an old-time comic, it's always have, comics play the best, the best, well, you gotta admit, it, these are idiots, um, they're beyond bad guys, they're just fools, and it really does show this up, and it's, you know, the old line about never trust anybody in a suit. <laughs> so it's like you just we're watching we watch it as movie nerds and we all watch it and it doesn't change anything because Americans for years and years and years were going, No, but we had to save the American soldiers. Well this started out on social media years ago and I found out that if you just campaign through social media for about a week 
and you put up these answers all over social media, you can change the argument. And as usual, our generation was coming on going, but, but we saved our boys. Uh, and I said, uh-oh, you kill women and kids to save soldiers. That's a war crime. And so I put that up a lot, and uh, that, that movie doesn't change that a bit. These are war criminals, and uh, they were so stupid, they decided that uh, the best thing to do with a new discovery was to make a fucking weapon out of it. And, uh, yeah, I know they were up against the Nazis, and the Nazis were stupid, too. Uh, and now, um, there was no, quote, appeasement in uh, World War II, they were trying to stop a war. The Japanese were over-negotiating during Pearl Harbor because you're supposed to do that. You're supposed to negotiate up to the last fucking second so you're not the bad guy. And uh, you can't always be in control of your own military. But, uh, you know, Nazis, the people who, invented, who made the bomb and dropped it on the Japanese, and, you know, and here, here's the Americans, you know, I, these two teeny little countries with teeny little populations managed to beat the crap out of everybody else. And to this day, um, I've, I've seen Germans uh, when somebody, some, they had a board once where newspaper people and everybody else were talking to the Germans about inflation. And the Germans were being, well, we got to do this with our economy. And finally, one of the Germans, you could just, I've always said the Germans are horses. He's like laid back his ears and went, that's okay. I remember the last time we had inflation and everybody was like, ah, the Germans are not going to invade anybody else anymore. But everybody's scared to death of them. I mean, not anymore. Now every, you know, the Germans get along with everybody. They know better than this shit. And uh, I guess recently they had an anti-right-wing march that they all turned out scared of. They made the WTO marches look like pikers. Nothing. Um, I don't even know where that comes from. They look like a piker. A piker was a guy with a pike. Those kind of people were dangerous. You know, maybe it was going up against guns or something. But, uh, yeah, this, uh, this is a movie. It's just like, you know, Homegrown Idiots is, should have been the name of Oppenheimer, which I think the name in German kind of means, like, native to this place, or this guy belongs here, or something like this. But, uh, yeah, they, uh, and they point out the fact that, yeah, let's go build this on an Indian graveyard, which is the trope of every single stupid horror film. They built it on an Indian graveyard every single time on an Indian burial ground. So this thing has got that trope going on, and I'm going, is anybody saying what's going on here? But, yeah, it's fun. It's three hours, so devote an evening to it. But um wonder what the fuck. <laughs> Just to look at these people and go, morons! And uh, enjoy, do watch the special features if you've got the DVD, because they are a blast watching these people put on the costumes and build the place. They didn't build the whole place. They just built enough of it. And uh, <laughs> watch Tom Conti when he says, uh, this is all I had to do to look like Einstein. And he makes this face, and you're going, oh, my God. He did everything but stick his tongue out. So, yeah, it's a good movie. But on the other hand, um, Barbie kind of did it quicker, faster, and funnier. So, yeah, they belong together. It was kind of like um, making fun of how dumb guys can be uh, in Barbie, but in Oppenheimer it was like, this is how they can really, 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 really be stupid. So go have a stupid walk weekend and watch the stupid people in Oppenheimer and you know which demographic I'm talking about. Kaboom. Okay, uh, I've had had something of a week here. Uh, what's happening is I'm having to go on a 60-mile trip that, in order to keep the costs down, 
I'm using buses and bus uh, schedules at least twice a week to Forks for uh, physical therapy because it looks like the old skeleton's start, starting to go down. And uh, the uh, poisoning I got in the Army is really beginning to kick back on me. And I have a lot of other things I'm doing that I'm going to have to pick and choose. Uh, I am the outreach coordinator for SquatchCon, and I've got other art that people want me to do, and I just, there's things that have to be done when you live in a rural area. So, I'm a, even though I said I was going to do a hundred of these podcasts, this is going to have to be it. And I'll tell you, it has given me a great deal of respect for the people who do podcasts. I mean, these are today's newspaper people. They do a lot of research. They do a lot of contacts. They keep these networks going. They got backup staff. Um, there is no wonder that they are became, becoming the newscasters of the 21st century because they can't get away with garbage. They've got um, listeners who will say, no, 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 this didn't happen. Or, oh, yeah, this is you just said something that helped us catch somebody else. And, uh, you know, like I say, with this, with this episode, I'm, I'm listening to a podcast that will let you know that the reason that everybody thought that COVID was badly done was there was actually a company that was doing that, that they had faked out on cancer and HIV. And so you've got this bad actor and that's the only news that QAnon got, got a hold of. So a podcaster wouldn't do that. They do their research. They have to be truthful. They have to be careful because even if they just mispronounce something, they're going to have people on them because the more educated people tend to listen to them. So, uh, like I say, I'm, I'm terribly respectful of these people, but simply because on top of everything else, my family has a history of heart ailments and more and more and more, when I get exhausted, um, I'm beginning to feel it in the heart. And that means on the big conventions, I'm not going to be able to come to them. I'm not going to be able to travel to them. I'm not going to be able to keep up those hours and hours of talking to people and dealing with people. Heck, I was I was down at the food bank today, and we were talking about local government, and somebody else, you know, was first learning to cut wood, and I was talking about how just just get a professional, get a woodcutter because you don't have all that equipment. So she, oh yeah, and you're going to hurt yourself. So she was okay with that. She got my card. And somebody else was saying that I think she was going to medical school or something. She just hated the idea of taking math courses. And, you know, I said stuff like it. At least three other people, including me, had told her that, hey, if you get into math and you really get to clicking with it, you're going to love it. Especially the fact that kids in, uh, the elementary school and the high schools are taught fucking theoretical new math. They should not be teaching this to children. That was the first wedge into destroying our education system, and whoever came up with it should be hit, should be hit with uh, a lawsuit, if not something heavier. So, like I say, it's I can't do it anymore. I mean, if those of you who didn't get me to conventions, you didn't fly me out, you didn't set me up, you didn't get me organized... Uh, you didn't let me use triage in seeing who wanted me the most. You missed out. Uh, me, and I'm not the only one. There's some other classic artists and writers who are sick and tired and ill. And we have the tools now with Zoom meetings. We have um, the whole inter internet thing. We've got dealing with doing artwork for other people in their books and everything else. But if you want us to appear there in the flesh, uh, I think you missed your window. Because we're old, we're sick, we're tired, and we're going to devote things to what goes on in our heads, what we can do creatively, 
we're just not going to be able to show up. So unless you put up big Zoom meetings that we can talk to people, we ain't going to be there. Sorry, it is getting too hard to travel. It's too hard to find a place to stay for a decent price. It's just too fucking much. So, uh, uh, who knows? Maybe every once in a while I'll do something on Instagram or something else where I'm actually talking to people. And like, like you saw, um, Jada is going to have me on a podcast on the 25th. And there's a link back there in the last episode. So, um... It's been fun. I'll be at SquatchCon because I can actually get there and they get me rooms for at least a couple of days and I don't have to be there the whole time and I can actually rest and it's a small area within Port Angeles because it's centrally located and I can get there and that's just where I'm going to have to get, go. Uh, Emerald City has gone off to let's put a convention center as far away from the hotels as we can get, which you wonder who got paid off for that. So I'm still here, and you can find all my stuff over at Donabar.com, which is actually DonabarBlogspot.com, and you can find the links to all the comics and all the radio interviews, and everything's there. I wish to God we had a recording of the musical, but that wasn't going to happen. Things happen. Don't get me started. So um, we'll just say goodbye to this podcast. It's been fun, but I really, really, really have a lot more respect for the new journalism of the 21st century. Would you like to be part of this podcast? You can go to anchor.fm slash Donna-Bar and you can leave me a voice message with your story that can become part of this podcast. If you would rather have me read it, send a PDF or PDFA, double spaced, larger type to donabar01 at gmail.com. You can also become a patron at patreon.com slash donabar. And finally, if you would like to know anything about what I've done in my life, that has to do with my work, conventions, etc., go to donabar.com. Hope to see you there. I will also put all this information in the program notes. A spooky...